Karlsson, Karlsson, världens bästa Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson Killar jag så bra som mig Karlsson, Karlsson, Karlsson scores Karlsson, Karlsson, Another episode of Keep It Girls, the fantasy hockey podcast, the longest running fantasy hockey podcast in the world, hosted by two guys who have not championed Eric Carlson enough this season. So we're going to do a whole show just on him. I'm your host, Dylan Dubrowski, and with me to break down the hottest and coldest players on each team, sorted by how many points per game Eric Carlson has versus those teams in his career. That's right. Who comes up with this stuff? It's Brian Cobb. How's it going, Brian? Hey, Elon. It's going good. I hope you're good. I hope everybody listening is good. I mean, like, we have to find creative ways. We can't go alphabetical all the time. And, you know, usually we're just like, okay, we'll pick a random place to start and then move through. But it's uh, it's fun to choose some kind of arbitrary way to organize. And, and yes, what this means is we are visiting all 32 teams this episode. So buckle up, strap in. It's <laughs> going to be a wild ride all over North America. I love the shows where we go through every team and it's like, I'm the, like the guy who comes up with what we're going to talk about on the show. I don't know why I just don't do this every week. Cause every once in a while I'm like, Brian, let's do an every team thing. And I get so excited about it. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like there's lots of stuff to talk about. And, and today we're going to do something even more special for those that weren't catching everything that I said at the start. Uh, there's this awesome site that we're presented by called DauberHockey.com. Okay. And they have great articles and ramblings. And, and then there's also this, these tools on like, I guess, a, a sister site of Dauber Hockey called Frozen Pool. It's like FrozenPool.DauberSports.com or, or Frozen Tools, I guess they call it. Uh, you know, the, the URL is Frozen Pool, but it's called Frozen Tools. I don't know. I didn't build it. But okay, it's an amazing site. And if you just go to the homepage of that site, I like a site with like a really good homepage. Like, you know, for example, gamedaytweets.com. You go to the homepage, all of a sudden you're seeing all the line tweets from all the teams. Beautiful. Frozen Tools, same thing. There's for every team, they have a bunch of links for each team. And then also just a list of like who are the hottest players and coldest players on the team. So I thought, what a fun thing. Let's just go through each team, look at what Frozen Tools is telling us about who's hot and who's cold. And we'll talk about some of these guys and answer the tip Typical questions, you know, why is this guy hot? Do we expect him to continue to be hot? Why is this guy cold? You know, should we add him? Should we drop him? So that's the plan for today's episode. We'll see how it goes. And again, we're going to go. The order is going to be, uh, we've got separately, Brian worked out these numbers. I hope these are correct. We've got every single team in the NHL and how many points per game Eric Carlson has against that team. And we're going to go by the high, the team that he's the most successful against to the least successful against. Uh, and that's the plan. So Brian, before we get into it, any other uh, final things I should mention in terms of setting the table? here or should we just dive in you're not going to believe the team that he's the highest against you couldn't write this stuff the table's been set let's uh yeah let's eat well okay i'm gonna spoil it actually <laughs> okay. i'm gonna the first team is san jose he's yeah, been the most he, his most successful uh team that like his most successful production points per game he's been against san jose which elon it's actually like you know maybe that is why i mean he's why sort they of signed hand- him he, right, he sort of handpicked the destination, but maybe that's one reason why they were willing to pay the price that they paid, because no one had seen firsthand just how destructive Eric Carlson could be more than the San Jose Sharks themselves. Yeah. 
Wait, I actually don't remember the history that well. He handpicked, they were tra- it was a trade, right? But I guess he had like a list of teams that he, you know, the typical like list of teams that he uh, refuses to be traded to, but he didn't like yeah. handpick just the Sharks, right? Like, no, I think, th- I, th- I think, he, I think there, he had some say, I think there was an assumption that he was going to land in San Jose for mm. most, for most of the time. And whether, you know, that was about, they had the pieces or that's where he wanted to go, uh, you know, it, it, it all worked out. Okay, yeah. So let's look at the Sharks. And uh, over here on Frozen Tools, uh, one of the hot players is Eric Carlson. <laughs> so we can just talk about how he's continuing. You know, like, remember at the start of the year, he had, like, that hot start? And I feel like even on the show, I- I'm not going to say it was me, but someone else on the show that wasn't me might have said that this was unsustainable. Like, don't get, like, it's exciting, but who knows a lot. Anyway, that's all in the past because he now has, like, the thing with Frozen Tools also is they show like the hot streak, like they sort of break it down. It's like when the hot streak started and usually it's like four points in his last three games or something like that. For Eric Carlson, it's showing 31 points in his last 21 games. So basically it's cutting out the first nine games of the season. Since then, he's just been on fire. He's never slowed down. He's up to now 37 points in 30 games on the year for a 101 point pace. You got that right. Leading all defensemen in points. He's the best. More shots per game than he's taken like as a shark you know, in his career, like just everything is, is amazing for Eric Carlson. So he's one of the hot players that there's probably not much advice we can give at this point, unless Brian, you're going to drop like a crazy, like sell high, which I I don't even know if we're going to like, I'll have to mute your microphone if you want to do that. But uh, you know, then the other, another one I'll throw out there. That's pretty obvious at this point, but like maybe not It's Tomas Hurdle, right? He signed that big contract to start the year. And I think he actually kind of started slow. And maybe a lot of people, I had him on my dynasty team. I had to take on this eight year, what is it? Eight years, nine million or eight point one three seven mil per year contract and the season started he only had like a couple of assists or a goal and an assist in his first like six games i was like oh boy this might be a long eight years with this contract but since then he's been amazing in his current hot streak six points in his last four games so carlson hurdle where are we worried about these guys or are they are these just like two stars and they're just gonna keep rolling these are two stars and they're just going to keep rolling. I mean, maybe not quite like, I, you know, Hurdle's point per game pace is more sustainable to me than Carlson's 100 point pace. But still, uh, there's no reason that I can find to disbelieve what either one is doing for Carlson. You know, whatever five on five, like, yeah, he's shooting a little bit above what we'd expect him to. But also he and Hurdle, like that Sharks power play hasn't been great. Um, and so for two key contributors on the power play to be pacing for about 20, 24 points. Uh, that's Hurdle's pace and Carlson's pace, respectively, on the power play. There could be room for them to do more. So, like, there's room for them to regress at five on five because I think that they've probably deserved a little better on the power play. That power play has, like, never been that great, but that top unit this year is also seeing over 70% of the time on ice whereas in the you know recent years it's sort of been you know hurdle seen less than 60 percent share of power play time carlson's seen about a 60 percent share of power play time now it's like there's no brent burns manning his second unit right it's this top unit or bust and uh, i don't even know that hurdle and carlson have made the most of that top unit yet so it's been a great year for them and if you want to try and take anything away from what they're doing at five on five which there's really not a whole lot to take away from them you can kind of make up for the difference with uh, power play points that still might come what a great year and hurdles like generally been a pretty frustrating player right he's been uh really inconsistent over the like he he comes and goes and streaks and he always ends up in a decent place but we even see it in his overall season career numbers you know 80 points 60 points 70 points 65 points and now this year he's back on an 80 point pace so i i i think it's pretty sustainable 
I just want to see him, yeah, not go cold for extended time this year uh, and also be able to keep it up into next year. But for the, for what we're seeing right now, looks good from Hurdle and Carlson. Yeah, and hey, like they help each other, right? Like I think Hurdle is less likely to go cold because he's playing with Eric Carlson, who's like now back to being this like amazing offensive defenseman. Hurdle's obviously on this line with Timo Meyer, who's having a good year. And then Kevin LeBanc, let's just mention him really quickly, also on that top line. And LeBanc is someone who I think isn't that good. Like, I don't know. Like anytime I see him even on a hot streak, I'm like, eh, it's Kevin LeBanc. He, he, he's disappointed us too many times, but he's actually on a hot streak himself, four points in his last four games. And then also, Brian, you mentioned how there's no more Brent Burns to challenge on the other power play. There is, though, another another power play that's on like sometimes rarely and the defenseman who's manning that power play is also on frozen tools hot list in matt benning who i mean okay i <laughs> matt, matt benning's 28 years old he's been in the league a, a little bit of time he's with the oilers and then he was with the preds but now all of a sudden he's on a hot streak he's got four points in his last three games even before that you look at his game log it's all assists but he he's getting a decent number of assists and also some blocks so I don't know. In your super deep, some hits, I don't know, two or three hits a game. So yeah, in your deeper leagues that are bangers leagues, maybe Matt Benning isn't the worst option. Uh, I don't know, but I'm not going to yeah, get too excited I, about him. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Matt Benning has nine points in his last 10 games. And like you mentioned, the second power play it doesn't mean anything. Only one of those points has come on the power play. Uh, but it is pretty crazy that he has nine points in 10 games because in 65 games last season, Matt Benning had 11 points in Nashville. The previous season in 53 games, Matt Benning had four points. The previous season in Edmonton in 43 games, Matt Benning had eight points. So like we've never seen production like this from him before. Uh, I'm not sensing that he has like found a new gear to his game. I mean, it's, it's a, like I'm open to things changing. He's definitely seeing yeah. the the biggest. You don't need the, to be. You don't need to be open to it. You know okay, who he is. Okay. He's Nick Jensen. Remember this the, is, earlier in the year when Nick Jensen all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. was good. Well, like Dmitry Orlov is also someone who always comes to mind when we're like, oh, like could this be a break? I was like, no, probably not. Like they're you know like Pesky or Slavin, like these Carolina guys that go off sometimes. It's rare that we see it happen in San Jose, but um, Benning's been seeing bigger minutes than he's ever seen anywhere in his career to date. And it looks like as of the last game, he was on the top pairing with Mark Edward Vlasic at five on five at even strength. So I guess that extra ice time is helping him uh, enjoy the points while they last. But yeah, I'm not uh, not expecting and he doesn't really do any like, yeah, he'll help you with some blocks, some hits, and the points are going to stop sooner rather than later. Yeah, okay. I think we're on the same page there. And then as far as the cold streaks go on San Jose, not really anyone worth talking about. The like Capo Kakinen, man, what a fall for him, right? Like at one point it looked like he maybe be the starter. Well, I don't know. I, I it's it's a, a fall from where you had him. Like you you <laughs> like I just I I don't I don't do this often, but I feel like going into the season and I could have you know, it's, there's no point to me even like pointing this out. Sure, because he ended last goal, year strong. Goal, he had a good so end to last year. Yeah, and everybody was like people were high on him. Like, oh, yeah, I think he's the de facto, you know, James Reimer won't be much competition for him. James Reimer has been injured and Cabo Kakinen still can barely hold on to the job. So, like, he's someone I don't really ever see being able to to hold on. He kind of reminds me, Elon, like if a, 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 another Finnish goalie from the days of yore. Do you remember Ontario Nidimaki? It sounds familiar. Yeah. So, well, like he was just someone who it was like, oh, maybe. And he'd look good for three or four games at a time. And then rarely again, except I think he he was probably better than Cabo Cognon. Kind of sounds like also like Cal Peterson. 
who yeah. like, you know, we kept on thinking he yeah. was going to be good. And this isn't the end of Capo Kakinen. Like maybe in a future year, he steps up and does better and works on his game. But for anybody hoping that he was going to be a competent starter on a San Jose team this year, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, well, they called up this guy when Reimer got injured, Etu Makiniemi, which is kind of a fun name just because they used to have this goalie, Antiniemi, and now they've got a Makiniemi. But anyway, uh, he had a really good game against Anaheim, stop 23 of 24. Uh, I was seeing some tweets, who knows like what's going to happen, right? But like, I wouldn't, like maybe, what if they like, you know, when Reimer comes back, what if they just wave Kakanen? Probably no one will claim him or maybe someone will. Maybe they go with the uh, Makiniemi. I know, I know uh, my friend John Reed is a big Sharks fan and the producer of the Great Short Shifts episodes on Twitch. Uh, he's telling me that he thinks Makiniemi is really good and he's, he has no faith in Kapo Kakanen. He told me that, Brian, in our joint league, you know, where John and I are co-commissions, he told me that he wants us to watch list Makiniemi. And I was like, isn't he going to the minors? He's like, I, just put him on the watch list. Okay. And I was like, all right, he's on the it's, watch list. It's not a huge mountain to climb on that San Jose depth chart. You have Reimer, who like could be trade bait and gone. You have Kakinen, who was brought in to hopefully take the mantle from Reimer, but has failed to. So why not potentially just go to the next guy in line? Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, I guess you know L.A. already set the precedent. They waved Cal Peterson, so why can't San Jose now wave Kakinen? But okay, one team down. Uh, let's go to the next team here. The Sharks are the team that Eric Carlson was the most successful against in his career. Next are the Edmonton Oilers. 1.14. We didn't give the stats. 15 points in 13 games Carlson had uh, versus San Jose. 24 points in 21 games versus Edmonton. So let's go over to Frozen Tools here. And there's not going to be a huge surprise. Connor McDavid is hot. Connor McDavid has been hot the whole season. He has 54 points in 20. Every time I bring up Connor McDavid, he has two points per game. And oh, I guess now, no, I guess double of 28 games would be 56. So he's actually kind of falling short a little bit. Only 158 point pace right now. So we'll have to see if he can pick up his game. It's like Brian, remember a, couple, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Mitch Marner being a little bit disappointing when he was in the middle of this like historic <laughs> point streak. That's like Connor McDavid, like not being at two points per game. Let's go, guy. Uh, by the way, Brian, I won a free coffee for a week from that Tim Horton's goal guessing game and one of my tricks in this past seven days was i just picked Connor mcdavid whenever there was the option and he always scores he's scored a goal one two three four seven games in a row that Connor mcdavid has scored a goal and he's like not even you know but people talk about ovechkin and like austin matthews is like the people that are like you know the people we expect to be the highest goal scorers in the league and mcdavid's more like all like a wayne gretzky type you know who, who is the all-time leading goal scorer so i don't know like Connor mcdavid he also scores a ton of goals like he's he's everything he's the best well, why am i spending so much time on Connor mcdavid well i because we never do and like the thing is poor Connor mcdavid he could he could be the best nhl player we've ever seen and it's just like yeah you keep being the best player we're gonna focus on these other guys who are like like mad benning and talk more about him um but maybe let me just add this little Connor mcdavid factoid to the conversation while he's on this 158 point pace if you took away all of Connor mcdavid's even strength points he would still be on pace for a point per game he has tw- um, yeah. 28 special teams points, 27 on the power play, one shorthanded in 28 games. Yeah, that's... Uh, he's good. His, his five-on-five production, like per 60, is actually the lowest it's ever been in really? his career. Yeah. So that just means he had, that's how he's going to get back to that two points per game, is he's just going to improve <laughs> yeah. that to even strength. Yeah. All right. And obviously, a nice thing for the Oilers is obviously they have McDavid. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is also on this list, being super hot. He's got eight points in his last four games, which is insane. Good for him. Uh, you know, he was actually a free agent in Tier 1 at one point a long time ago. I'm not going to call out who dropped him, but uh, he went for a lot of fab, and I should obviously bid 
more than that. Uh, and then the other hot player, here's a goalie, Stuart Skinner, has kept it going. You know, I remember, you know, a month ago, it's been a while already, but I remember we were talking about it looks like Skinner's starting to steal starts from Jack Campbell. And I think at this point, we've already said it. Maybe it was even last week. Like, at this point, it's over. Like, it, or I guess it's never over, over, but it's like Skinner is amazing. He keeps on putting up amazing starts. He's got, so according to Frozen Tools, your three wins, four quality starts in his last four games. You look at the save percentages. Yeah, like every game, he's letting in the two or three goals, but, you know, it's a lot of shots against there was a 50 shot against game against washington and so he took a loss there unfortunately but i guess that oh, three to two uh he saved 42 of 44 in the most recent game a win versus minnesota so yeah Stuart skinner holding up jack campbell not so much and uh yeah i don't know if, if skinner's available in your league at this point i see That's him as, yeah. that would be nuts like he's like, probably like if we were to do a schmore goalies board right now for the rest of the season We'd have this guy like pretty high, maybe not tier one. But yeah, like, could be know, tier, two, could be tier two or three. Like that's how much it looks like Skinner has established himself in that Edmonton net, uh, and not only has he established himself ahead of Jack Campbell, but he's also established himself ahead of a lot of NHL goalies this year. His his performance above expected put Stuart Skinner in like really really strong territory if you're just looking at the goalies who have played uh you know like enough minutes to decide that yeah this is a a decent sample of games and they're not just playing like just looking for a reasonable sample of games uh Stuart Skinner ranks fifth in the NHL and how he's performing compared to his expected save percentage behind Sorokin Matt Murray Hellebuck and Ilya Samsonov. So, of course, two Toronto goalies mm. in the top five. And the one they let go is being beat out by another uh, another goalie uh, that's in this top five. Stuart Skinner's been amazing. Jack Campbell, uh, in the few attempts matter. he's mm. had lately, like, like just look at his game log. The, the last four times Campbell's gotten a start, um, and this basically spans a month now because it happens so rarely, 833, 870, 903, 781, just one win in that bunch of appearances too. Yeah, so yeah. he he was dropped in a league where like there's limited moves. He would have been golden at the start of the year because I, I'm in a league. It's basically wins only for goalies, and you want that workhorse goalie who's going to win. And Jack Campbell seemed like a pretty decent bet at the time. And now that he's been given up on and no one's even grabbing him, I, I mean, it seems like we all agree Jack Campbell is uh is cooked until Skinner falters which he there's no sign of it yeah i'm actually looking in tier one of cuckupful uh epic kneel time tom still holding on to campbell and tom's like a really good player i'd be very curious for tom to share with us on the discord why he's still holding on to jack campbell maybe he knows something that that we don't because uh, yeah I, I my advice would be to drop him like in all leagues like i can't even imagine why you would still have him but okay as far as the cold streaks go because he's not on the official list i guess like for frozen tools if you want to be on the list of cold players you have to actually be playing games uh, evan bouchard tops the list though and that's uh he's been one of the bigger disappointments i wonder who's a bigger disappointment this year between bouchard and jack campbell actually because they were both probably drafted pretty high in their leagues and i'd be surprised if they're still on the rosters of the people who drafted him like bouchard is now pointless in his last four now we're looking at 11 points in 28 games overall it's a 32 point pace like basically not like nothing like the only reason you're holding bouchard right now is you're just kind of hoping that things will change like there's no reason based on his numbers i guess he had like a little bit of a run like two weeks ago yeah it made it made us think that maybe he was making some progress and getting himself on the map and there were a few games where he saw greater than 50 percent 
percent share of the power play time, although some of that might have just been, you know, coincidental based on how line changes shook out as power plays happened. But the fact that he's gone quiet again has made it really hard to keep waiting on Evan Bouchard to break through. Once he breaks through, you're going to wish you had him already and suffered through whatever's going on now. But uh, that's what you will be doing while you wait for that breakout. If he's on your roster, you're 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 just not getting a whole lot out of Evan Bouchard until he gets up on that top power play. But you're like confident it's going to happen eventually. They do have this guy Philip Broberg who started to get into games. He's barely playing. Like I don't think kinda- he's. I don't think Broberg has ever been sort of uh, like looked at as a power play one quarterback. I think he's well. someone who could be capable of it. But I, I think the scouting reports I've read on him over the over the past years since he's been drafted is like yeah could be a solid top four all around sort of player. No, but I get that. Like no particular offensive acumen that would put him above Evan Bouchard, who I think has that offensive acumen. Yeah. But at the same time, at some point, if they don't like Bouchard on the top power play, they'll try someone else. You have, you have Broberg on your dynasty team. (laughs) I do. actually. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I would have moved on from him by now if you hadn't. I'm just saying, I'm not even talking about Broberg. I'm just saying that Bouchard, as time goes by, he becomes less and less of a sure thing to me. I think he's still like the front runner. It's like Cal Peterson again. I'll just bring him up for all my examples. It's like, you know, we kept on talking about like, yeah, he's struggling, but he's still the future in LA. And then as time goes by and he keeps doing nothing, at some point you start to wonder, maybe he's, I don't know, maybe he's not working out in that spot. But anyway, whatever. We'll see how that, maybe by the end of, maybe in like two weeks from now, Bouchard will be someone you want. But right now, like you said, Brian, you're, you're struggling if you're holding him. You're just hoping for things to change. All right, let's see. Eric Carlson's next most successful team, the Minnesota Wild, 28 points in 25 games. We've got quite a few teams here that Carlson's over a point per game against. What a career for this legendary. And it's not even over. It's Who knows what's next for Eric Carlson. But okay, over on Minnesota, the hottest players are number one, one of Carlson's former teammates, I think. Did they overlap? Philip Gustafsson. The, they did uh, not overlap. They did not overlap. Okay, well, Gustafsson actually is on a nice little run. He's barely played, so, uh, but he just had a game against the Canucks where he shut them out, stopping 35. Apparently, it was his first ever career shutout, so congratulations to Philip Gustafsson. The thing is, like, uh, Fleury hasn't been that great lately, which does make me wonder if this could be, like, a bit of a Calgary situation, you know, where Vladar is slowly starting to, you know, steal starts away from Markstrom. I don't think we've, we've seen enough from Gustafsson to, like, think, like, okay, like, this guy's totally gonna take over, but keep your eye open, right? A good game now. I wonder if uh, he gets the next game over Fleury, who, like I said, has been struggling a little bit. You've been a big fan forever of Gustafsson, right, Brian? Um, Yeah, although I had sort of given up based on, like, recently. Like, I know things weren't good for him in Ottawa. Like, it wasn't a situation for him to succeed. And then he went to Minnesota and laid a couple eggs in his first couple outings with the Wild. But then has, uh, has picked it up since. Only two rocky starts in his last eight appearances, which is, like, that's good for somebody as new to the league and brand new to a team as Gustafsson, who's now 934 in his last eight games, uh, including, yeah, that 35 save shutout at Vancouver. Uh, and like you said, Elon, Marc-Andre Fleury has not been uh, not been so hot lately. His uh, saves, save percentage relative to expected is actually the same as Jack Campbell's. So like if you're looking for somebody who could be ripe for the picking – then Marc-Andre Fleury isn't a terrible guess, except that I I have a little less faith just because we've seen less of Gustafsson. Like, I saw enough of Skinner last year to think, yeah, maybe this guy's got something. 
Now I'm in that phase for Gustafsson, but Skinner's already a step ahead because he's proven himself in like two different stretches or three different stretches, and Gustafsson is just getting on the board. But yeah, if you are desperate for goaltending and looking for a few more starts, I wonder if Gustafsson can find his way into the net a little more often than the once a week he's been there for the last few weeks. Well, next week, uh, Minnesota does play four times, as we heard on the latest stream scheme, which if you haven't listened to yet, it dropped earlier on Sunday. Uh, Minnesota has a stream agami. Anyways, you'll listen to stream scheme, you'll learn all about it. They play four times, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, all off days. So there's no, there are no back-to-backs. So theoretically, they could give Flurry a lot of games, but maybe they won't. Maybe it'll be, if I had to bet, maybe it'll be half, like maybe Gustafsson gets the next game, then maybe Flurry gets a couple, and then Gustafsson goes on Sunday. So I could definitely see him getting two games next week if you wanted to give him a shot uh then the other hot players listed kirill kaprizov and matt zuccarello so i guess not too much to say about them uh zuccarello man just really has turned he had a good career in in new york right yeah (laughs) i'm not saying he turned his career around but like he's turned into like a point per game stud here at the age of 35 i i want to give like most of the credit to kaprizov but obviously we can't totally do that right we have to give some credit to matt zuccarello for just showing himself to be a really good player in his later days He's really stepped up, and I think he's putting up that point-per-game place really quietly so far this year. Even though he did it last year, I drafted him in a couple leagues. I think a lot of folks weren't believers, but there was no one else who I figured would play with Kaprizov, and he's someone else who's doing huge damage on the power play. Like, at 5-on-5, Zuccarello's production is actually down kind of substantially, which is, I think, a product of his on-ice shooting percentage being half of what it's been uh, the last couple years. So I I think that's going to bounce back. And meanwhile, on the power play, he has a point every other game, 14 power play points in 28 games for Matt Zuccarello. And I don't know for sure that that's going to slow down. Uh, Last year, Zuccarello also had a great year on the power play, 28 power play points in 70 games. So I still see, like he's on an 85-point pace right now, I see reason to think that Zuccarello still could show more. So if you find anyone who is disbelieving and 35-year-old Zuccarello is like, oh, man, I better better trade this guy before the wheels fall off, I think he could still match last year's 93-point pace. Wow. Okay. So yeah, go get Zuccarello. Buy high, I guess, and expect him to be even higher. Then like Kaprizov, I guess we don't need to dive into him. Then as far as the uh, cold streaks go on Minnesota, so Frozen Pool is uh, showing Freddie Gaudreau, Jordan Greenway, and Marcus Foligno, who, yeah, have all been doing nothing lately. But it's an interesting situation because Minnesota has its stream of next week. And next week, also on the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, for people who are in head-to-head leagues, check your rosters if you haven't yet, because those are very heavy days. You likely have forwards on your bench on those days. So you could drop... Like, I've got uh, three LA Kings <laughs> on my team that I streamed in for this week's couple matchup that all have kind of had nothing weeks except for Kaliev now having a good game today thankfully but i added kaliev i follow and velarde at the start of the week and like uh i like i have a uh, one of them at least on my bench every single day so there'd be like no reason for me to keep let's say i follow if i decide he's the lowest one like it would be dumb I, i'm not even gonna play him once next week i could drop him for any of these minnesota guys and i'd get four games i'd add four games by dropping i follow for a goodrow greenway felino so they become interesting and i think they're gonna get added even though they're cold brian if you had to pick one like if you had to pick one of anyone on minnesota that's not Zuccarello, Kaprizov, Joel Eriksson Ek, you know, a forward. Like who who's your pick? Okay. Boldy, obviously not Boldy. Yeah, no, this one's actually really easy for me. Boldy, by the way, after that valley he was in, has really come back and been like, hey, like I, I never left. So anybody who who missed their opportunity, that window on Boldy is kicking themselves, including me. Um, Sam Steele, 
Elon. I want Sam Steele. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's taken in my couple dips. Oh, you can't okay. Take I, I thought I had a, a cheat code here to get past it. To Sam be fair, yeah, he scored a goal in the last game. Before that, he was pointless in four. He's like one of these he guys was. that's like centering the top line and still has some trouble. But yeah, I'd agree with you. He would be my Sa- next choice. Yeah. yeah, and Sam Steele saw n- over 19 minutes in that game against Vancouver. And that is the second most ice time he's seen all season. Like he's generally held below 17, uh, but now he's seen 19 or more twice mm-hmm. in his last five games. And Sam Steele's also shooting the puck. He has 17 shots over his last six games, which is yeah. not too shabby. And uh, he seems to be having a lot of success in the faceoff dot, which is not something we talk about often, but maybe this is just a reason for that ice time to stay high and that he's proving his worth. Uh, he has won between 50 and 75% of his draws for most of the last two weeks. So uh, a lot of reasons to uh, to think that Sam Steele, I, I don't know no, how, you, how great yeah, a player it, he could be. So you're, at, but you, okay, I'm not, I haven't answered your question. You want me no, to know? No, that's fair. Let me just point out with Sam Steele, the interesting question that looms right now is that Ryan Hartman, I think, has started to skate. It'll be really interesting to see if Hartman gets a shot back centering that top line when he comes yeah. back or if Minnesota's happy with Sam Steele. But that'll be a question for a future show. Uh, yeah. we, we don't have to dive. I, to me, it's like a coin flip between those next it is. three. There's no right answer between Felino, Greenway, uh, Goudreau. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll just, I'll throw out one other name, Elon Mason Shaw, who we said like a month ago, it's like, we're not going to talk about Mason Shaw, but you know, he is, he's, uh, he's not too bad at throwing a couple hits, getting a couple shots, and he had a recent three game point streak. He's nowhere on the depth chart. And I think it's just pure chance. You know, it's, it's probably the forward equivalent of Matt Benning here that we're talking about. He's on, you know, he's in the bottom six, but maybe this is just my way of illustrating that really nobody is doing a whole lot of anything in Minnesota aside from exactly the guys you'd expect. So if you're looking for a deep cut in Minnesota, I don't know what to say other than mm. other than good luck. I'd go with Marcus Foligno because he'll give you some hits at least. And I don't know. I Over the years, I've found that whenever I play against Marcus Foligno in fantasy, he tends to score a lot of goals against me. So maybe I would just add him just to make sure that my opponent doesn't add him. So I might get up at 3 a.m. this morning and swap him in. We'll see. Because uh, I think he's going to fly off the shelves, even though he hasn't been doing anything all season. Uh, Connor Dewar, by the way, another like he's uh, he's got five points in the last five games. If you want to say no name guys on Minnesota. But OK, let's go to the next. What have we done? Three teams out of 32. So it's, <laughs> I guess we'll see if we can speed up. OK, Columbus, who are playing right now. So Eric Carlson is 24 points in 22 games against the Blue Jackets. The Blue Jackets are right now defeating the L.A. Kings five to three in the third. So uh Jonathan Quick, man, it stinks. Like they, they should just make Phoenix Copley. But anyways, we'll get to LA later. But they should make Phoenix Copley their starting goalie. I think it's clearly the answer. But as far as Columbus goes, so on Frozen Tools, I know what they're going to say. They're going to say Patrick Line because I, I told you on the last episode, right? I, oh, Patrick Line is not actually listed there. Well, he should be. He's scoring in every game. He's amazing. Uh, you know, very. Uh, you know, he came back ready to go. He took a good vacation because he had a bit of a slow start to the season. He's awesome. His line with Goudreau and Jenner is crushing it. Goudreau and Jenner, by the way, both on the list here. Goudreau has now 18 points in his last 13 games, and Boone Jenner has uh, three points in his last three games. So I feel like this is like uh, very similar to Minnesota, like a really stacked top line. You definitely want them, though I guess Jenner is actually a lot higher than Sam Steele because I think he's going to hold that spot. And he's now up to 21 points in 27 games in the year, 64 point pace. Uh, Goudreau. 
I don't know. Nothing much. Uh, Brian, do you have anything you want to say about these guys? I think the more interesting thing here is the cold streak I'll just mention, and then you can talk about the team overall. Okay. Is uh, Corpusalo is on the IR, which means that Elvis Merzlikens is getting defaulted back. I know we had that debate before on if Merzlikens will get the job back from Corpusalo. Now he gets the chance to establish himself. And so, oh, LA just scored again. Oh, come on. Be one of my guys. It's never one of my guys. Man, those three streams, Villardi and I have followed nothing. What happened to Villardi? He was like a uh, talk of the town at the start of the season. Anyway, whatever. So Merzlikens not having a good game. He's letting out four goals on 26 shots. So uh, is the answer for the goalies just... Probably just you don't want a Columbus goalie. <laughs> I think it. so. I think if someone is going to figure it out, it's going to be Merzlikens or maybe Tarasov if he you know has has an opportunity. But yeah, I don't think I really want a Columbus goalie. I mean, you rostered Merzlikens for the first bunch of the season. I've been rostering him over the last few weeks, even through his injury, and I've had about as much fun as you did. So it, it's a rough time to be a Columbus goalie. Um, but there's a couple interesting names in Columbus, Elon. And the first one uh, who's having a four-point night tonight is Jack Roslevic. Uh, he's got two goals on two shots tonight. Coming into tonight, he had an assist in four of the last five games and also uh, has been making semi-regular appearances on the top power play unit. Uh, one of those appearances is tonight though. And with two power play points, you wonder if he can stick. He is playing with Patrick Laine tonight and Igor Chinnikov, but uh, we're not suggesting Chinnikov. Uh, so Rasovic is someone who might be worth taking another look at if you're looking for a sort of deeper streamer. And also um, just a little shout out to Kent Johnson, who is uh, a rookie with Columbus, right? Has a strong pedigree, has looked really strong at times, came out, was just coming off a nice little run. Then he was pointless in three, is back on the scoreboard tonight with an assist against LA. He's not getting big minutes, but he is just someone, like he's the future in Columbus. I think it's too soon to jump on unless you're in a super deep league. Uh, and then Kirill Marchenko picked up his first uh, career goal tonight against LA. He's playing with Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger on this like young Columbus line. Uh, so there's a there's there's my little Columbus rundown. Yeah, Marchenko is definitely going to be someone to watch in, in the long run, but we'll we'll see how much you can do this year. But that's oh, exciting from that he got that goal. It's and one sorry, I'll add one more because you know you're like, do you just not want the goalie in Columbus this year? And the answer is yes. You know who else? Like what other person you generally want on a team, but you don't on Columbus? The how about power the, play quarterback? It, yeah, it's been Marcus Bjork. He has three power play points in his last ten games, and that is like basically all aside from like a goal and assist not on the power play but that's it that's it for marcus bjork this isn't a guy who's rosterable and he does so little anywhere else on the score sheet big bummer fantasy vacuum in columbus this year i mean i drafted zach Wierenski in couple i loved how he had no competition for that top power play uh he had to go and get himself injured for the season so Thanks. Marcus Bjork is like a Kalen Addison, basically. Top power play, but you know, an assist every once in a while, and that's it. Yeah, I'd say even more hopeless than Kalen Addison. Okay. All right. So uh, we've got now 28 teams to go. We'll see how this goes. But Brian, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Keeping Carlson. All right. We are back, Brian. The team that the Eric Carlson has been successful against next is the Pittsburgh Penguins. 32 points in 31 games. Too bad he couldn't get a couple more in that playoff series a few years back to get to the conference finals. Uh, over in Pittsburgh, over according to Frozen Tools, let's see who's hot here. Brian Rust. Oh, my God. We have to yes. talk about Brian Rust every week. Okay, so all of a sudden, Brian Rust, he got bumped from the top power play 
that's all he needed. Like now he's got seven points in his last four games. Uh, I mean, four of them came in one game against St. Louis. Then he had a multi-point game against Columbus. And then after that, just one assist in his next two games. But take what you can get, right? I think if anything, to me anyways, I say sell high. Brian's probably going to be like, I believe that this is the start of something. And like, just you're excited if you have him. To me, it's like, I'm so excited to offload him now and get something good in return. That's my opinion. No, now would be a good time to try and get out under from the risk you carry by like by holding Brian Rust because really he needs to get back on that top unit and if he's not there I'm gravely concerned and the fact that like he hasn't been able to be there for so long is pretty pretty rough and before like now with that huge St. Louis game he has seven points in his last four games but before that he had just two points in the 14 games before that yeah he was shooting poorly yeah his points participation was down but uh It's still just like whenever you see a player lose deployment, that's a big red flag. And so if you can, like, I would be happy to trade Brian Rest for somebody who I could rely on to get me like a 60 point pace. And what you're doing is you're downgrading someone's upside. Like Brian Rest has upside for almost point per game if he's on the top power play and everything's clicking at five on five, which it still could. But if you're, uh, if your tummy's turning while you wait for Brian rest to turn it around, then maybe he has just given you an option to, to deal him while you can. Yeah. I would definitely take that opportunity because he's not listed here, but Ricard Raquel, he's taking advantage of his spot on the top power play. I don't think he's going to lose it anytime soon. Uh, then Sidney Crosby's on the list. He's amazing. I guess we can do a little like victory lap for him like we did for Connor McDavid. But maybe since we're running low on time, we'll just kind of say that we're very excited and happy that we get to live in a world where we get to watch Sidney Crosby still. And Tristan Jari, good for him. You know, goalies are so hard this year in fantasy. And Jari, I believe, is one of these guys that started a little bit slow, but he's been awesome lately. Seven wins and 70 quality starts in his last eight games. That's what you want. So if you got him cheap or whatever, even if you didn't, you just got him the draft for what you thought he should be worth, you're getting your money's worth. So very good. You, you got the good guys over in Pittsburgh there. And then on the cold streak section, what do we got? Zucker. Oh, so the cold streaks here are interesting on Frozen Tools because they include guys that like aren't fantasy relevant. So we don't need to talk about like Joseph or Marcus Patterson. But yeah, Jason Zucker is someone who we've generally been into this season. All of a sudden, he's got no points in his last three games. And before that, he had a one goal and two assist game versus St. Louis. And then before that, he was pointless in like seven games, six yeah. games. He has pointed just once in his last 10 games, which is bad news for Jason Zucker. And in the last game, he only played 12 minutes. He still threw four hits and registered four shots on goal. But I'm watching that ice time. This is three consecutive games now that Jason Zucker has not played 15 minutes, even 15 minutes, and which is the low mark basically of what Zucker has been playing all season long. So I'm not sure if this is an injury or a coach displeasure, but we were singing Zucker's praises on an episode not so long ago saying, Hey, he's putting up his best expected goals number since that season where he really came on the map in Minnesota, which is now seven or eight years ago and said like, Hey, maybe this guy is a legit goal scorer in the league. Zucker is looking as threatening uh, as that for the first time since 2017, 18 in Minnesota. But, uh, has gone really, really quiet lately. And I I would like to know more about this. There, I feel like there is context. If any Pens fans have more beyond what Elon and I have been able to pick up from the score sheets and whatever limited moments we've flipped through a Penguins game, could you uh, could you hit us up at Keeping Carlson or over on our Patreon uh, Discord's only, Patreon-only Discord community? Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, he is Jason Zucker, right? So maybe we shouldn't have expected him. No, but he's better than the Jason Zucker of the past few seasons. Maybe not. 
Well, yeah. Okay. Yes. He's still Jason Zucker. I point taken. Yeah. All right. Next up, the Tampa Bay Lightning, 37 points in 36 games. Eric Carlson dominated the Lightning over his career. Uh, include, and some other people who have dominated in their career on the Lightning, the three hot players are all guys we don't really need to dive into. Andre Vasilevsky, who also, by the way, was cold for a while at the beginning of the year. Uh, but obviously, he's like the goalie that you would have been the least surprised to see bounce back. Him and like a Shostyorkin type. We had him in tier one in, in Schmorgoli's Borg and started the year for a reason. Uh, Steven Stamkos is on fire once again. He sort of started super hot. Then he went cold for like a few games. And I think we on the podcast, we were like, obviously, don't worry about him. And the Braden Point, uh, Point gets points. I, there used to be a thing we used to say all the time. The uh, past couple of seasons, he's been a little disappointing. But now he's back to the superstar Braden Point that we grew to know and love over a point per game. He's now got four points in his last three games over a point per game on the season. Uh, I guess the interesting thing on Tampa is more to just look at like who's playing with all these superstars. And lately, we've got Killorn and Paul playing with Stamkos. And then Hagel is still uh, with Kucherov in point. So I guess Hagel, Paul, and Killorn are your like periphery guys that you're potentially interested in. Nicholas Paul is having like, a pretty good year. By the way, Nicholas. Only, yeah. only his parents and people reading the lines off Frozen Tools called him Nicholas. <laughs> Nick Paul uh, it has been doing well. Elon, you said you would trade Nick Paul. You, like you would prefer Nick Paul to Brian Rust. Okay, to be Discord fair. Let, I, would, like, I would prefer get, Brian Rust for what it's uh-huh. worth. For context, this was the person's like, uh, dro- like this is you know their bottom roster spot. I was saying to drop Rust for Nick Paul, and then if Nick Paul doesn't work out, you know you have a streaming spot. If the type, if the types of people in free agency are the likes of Nick Paul, then maybe you can do better than just not streaming and having Brian Rust in your roster. So I'm not necessarily saying I'd prefer Paul over Rust rest of season, but I, I don't know. <laughs> you know my opinion. I, I feel like Brian Rust is a sell or at some point a drop. Like Nick Paul is like every game taking like three or four shots lately. He's playing with Stamkos. He's, you know, has a lot more points than Rust so far. Like at some point we just have to start yeah. believing that he could do something. Well, I mean, he's also shooting 22% at all sure. strengths. And some of that is thanks to some power play production that he's managed in very limited power play time. But really, this is a guy like you regress his shooting percentage. And Nick Paul is probably on you know, his expected 40-ish point pace, 40-odd point pace, which even in Russ's worst-case scenario, I don't think he hits. So uh, pick up Nick Paul, trade him for Brian Rust. <laughs> okay, I, I guess. Or just uh, drop Brian Rust and stream in Nick Paul types for the rest of the year, and I think you'll do better. But okay, uh, are we still on? Oh, where were we? Tampa Bay. I said the hot streaks, cold streaks, Ross Colton, and Nick Perbix. I guess we could move on. Uh, so let's see who's the next player that Eric Carlson has been successful against. So the next team is the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's actually the team that he has the most points against, but he's also had the most games. Uh, 42 points in 43 games for Carlson against the Leafs. Brian, you already brought up the goalies. We should just mention it. I know yeah. Ryan in the Discord's already taken like a huge victory lap about how the Leafs goalies, like anyone who doubted what uh, Dubas was doing, you know, getting Matt, Matt Murray, like you know, eat, eat it, you doubters, because the Leafs have the two best goalies in the league. So we'll see. Obviously, now it's looking really good. Samsonov had a shutout earlier this week. Matt Murray's been great. Obviously, we need to see if Matt Murray can stay healthy. That's my main concern. I've always been kind of like surprised that Samsonov like fell as far as he did, and like like the fact that Washington just waved him. This guy was such a huge pedigree. Like I feel like we were into him for so long. Like he was such a highly heralded prospect, and then like people really gave up on him quickly. Matt Murray, 
At one point, I still remember a time when we had Cam Robinson on the podcast, and I asked him if you were drafting a dynasty league right now. This is like five or six years ago, like after like Pittsburgh had just won those cups with Matt Murray, and I asked him, like, "Who's the goalie that you would draft?" And he said Matt Murray is like the number one goalie in all of fantasy hockey in terms of like a long term prospect. So you know they've got two high pedigree guys. Murray obviously has had quite the story, but for now. I don't know. You can't can't say anything bad. It's just I'm just worried about his injury risk. It seems like Murray's found himself in terms of just being a good goalie again in Toronto. So that's nice to see. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was definitely the narrative going into the game on Saturday night where he had his worst performance of the year. Like Matt Murray looked like this. This is the cycle of Matt Murray. You see the best of him. You see the worst of him. He gets injured. Then you see the best of him and then the worst of him and then he gets injured. So I don't know if we're back in that cycle, but I will say all Leafs goalies this year, including Eric Schalgren, do you know that each one has made 10 appearances this season? They're all playing far above their expected save percentage number, which either tells me Leafs are getting incredible value for each of them or the Leafs are doing a little something extra to to help these guys that isn't showing up in these numbers. You know, teams all have their own uh, their own stats, and especially the Leafs. I think they're one of the teams most invested in, you know, uh, collecting and analyzing their own data. So, you know, these guys, by the standard conventional measure, look like they're performing really, really well. And by the eye test, I, I think that sort of tracks too. But I also wonder if the Leafs have also figured out um, another really great strategy to support their goalies that is making them look better than they actually are. But all in all, great Great news for Toronto, who just needed a goalie. That's all they needed. And now they have three, all performing really well for them. Way to go. Yeah. And uh, as far as, like, it's impressive that the defense is doing so well. Like you're saying, Brian, considering Morgan Riley has been injured for a while, Erasmus Sandin has stepped up in his absence. He's you know, doing pretty good. He had two assists in that game against Calgary, both on the power play. So he's definitely someone that you've probably lost your chance to add. Brian, I know, like, you rushed at him when you saw that Riley was injured. You, like, told the whole sob story about how you added Giordano, and then you ended up dropping him when you saw that it was actually Sandin. But in the end, it worked out. You've, you've got a good yeah. top power play well, quarterback. That, that sob story ended with me being like, and Sandin isn't going to do anything now so i'm going to drop him and i'll have wasted two but no no i'm really happy to see sandine's throwing two or three hits per night uh he sometimes goes shotless but generally can get you a couple shots a game and uh the power play production also hasn't really been there but a couple goals along the way have helped made up for that just three power play points in about 11 games since sandine has been quarterbacking that top unit so i would love to see uh, more production on the power play but maybe it'll come with more time spent there so i'm holding out hope that sandine is going to continue to be rosterable for as long as morgan riley's out yeah and then we the, the other hot player here that's listed on frozen tools for the Leafs is william nylander who we haven't really talked about much this year he's one of these guys again you know set your watch you know he's going to be good so there's not much for us to talk about but he's like he just had a five point game <laughs> against calgary he did the best he could uh he like the Leafs won five to four so it was like William Nylander was there for every single goal to help them get that win. He also took five shots. Uh, he's having an amazing season. He is currently at 33 points in 29 games. This is going to be a career year for him if he keeps this up. I don't see why he wouldn't. I feel like he's sort of overshadowed, you know, being behind Matthews and Marner, of course, and even like Tavares. But Nylander's like a, a stud. Remember when people were mad about his contract? Looks like a such a steal. What is he people, making? People have been mad about something about Nylander for for a very long time. Basically, since he came to Toronto, he was he was the guy that media 
the laziest media tended to beat up on. And I'm so glad that he's doing well. Of course, you don't hear anyone really singing his praises for that reason. Uh, But yeah, he is crushing it. And again, William Nylander, and I think we've mentioned this on the show before, one of the better unsung power play producers to 31 power play points over 81 games last season. This year, he's doing it again. He's pacing for 37 power play points in addition to some really strong uh, five-on-five production. His shooting looks like, you know, maybe he's he's been a little too successful in shooting so far this year, but I still don't see any reason to disbelieve that William Nylander could be a point-per-game player. All the while, Elon, you know what I like about William Nylander too? And I think the reason that the laziest media don't uh, eight hits through 29 games this year which means he just needs 11 more to match his full season total from last year i was i thought you were just gonna say his hair that's good hair great rich luscious hair (laughs) uh next up on the list here is the florida panthers eric carlson 34 points in 35 games against the thurs as the, our short shifts friends like to call them. Uh, and they have no one hot right now, unfortunately. Or no, Eric Stahl's on the list. Uh, so I don't want to talk about Eric Stahl. I guess like... He scored like, today. Scored a goal today? I think that's why he's hot. Like the bar for Eric Stahl to be hot is so low. Although he does... <laughs> he has five points in his last six now. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have... Dis- that's cool. Like, <laughs> that's really cool. He's 38 years old. Do you he know his last, even- his last goal came uh, in April of 2021? man yeah with which team probably montreal i guess montreal yeah man eric's still good for him okay i'm really happy for him i hope that the panthers go on a run he gets to uh you know be like a joe thornton type i guess just like on the is joe thornton he's not still around anymore right i think he's finally out of the league at this point yeah if eric stalls around then i don't know i I feel like joe thornton is like sitting in the stands in toronto like jason spezza and just like commenting on things happening being like an informal player coach or evaluator somewhere but then, yeah okay well i mean yeah i wouldn't mind having uh, joe thornton around if i was running a hockey team uh, on the cold side here's an interesting one brandon montour one of the big stories from the start of the year this guy that you know especially when ekblad was injured was lighting up the league he was among the top of defensemen in scoring he actually still is right he has 22 points in 27 games that's a 67 point pace he's having an amazing season but he's now pointless in his last three games only two assists in his last seven games um, he's still on the top power play, so that's a good yeah, spot to be in. But, that is still a good spot to be in. And what's I mean, I'm not saying he's like garbage, but he's definitely looking like that 67-point pace is probably going to fall. I wouldn't be surprised if it falls to more like 50. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. That seems more reasonable to me. It does seem reasonable. Uh, and Montour, I, he's cooled down with the power play. I think the reason that a lot of Florida is cold is because they were used to scoring a power play goal. You know, they they were dry on the power play to start the year, but then they were basically scoring a power play goal every game or averaging a power play goal a game. They just have five power play goals now over their last eight games in 27 opportunities, which, you know, still isn't a terrible conversion rate. But I think we're seeing this uh, show up in everybody's numbers. Also, in general, Florida's had Oh, they've had some five goals. I was going to say they've had a couple games where they scored one or two goals, but they've also scored five goals a few times in this stretch. And Brandon Montour just isn't getting in on them. So, you know, we we figured that his pace, we did say he was for real, like that he was a legit full season rosterable candidate, especially because he's on that top power play unit. And that doesn't change. But there's just been fewer points to uh, to gather both for him at five on five. He's only gathered power play points. Um, I'm looking back for his last point that didn't come on the power play. Um, it was like 11 or 12 games ago. 
So this, this might be why Brandon Montour is struggling to put up points. The power play production is still, the opportunity is still there, but he's not doing anything at any other time, which hopefully he'll start doing that again. Okay, so we'll see. But I think your time to sell high probably has, has passed. And now you, you hang on. I don't, I don't know what you could get for him. If you could get something really good for him, I, I would definitely consider it. Tweet at us at Keeping Carlson. Let us know what your offers are for Brandon Montour. But he's definitely not someone I'm like trying to buy now because he's on a cold streak. That's for sure. Could be wrong. Okay. No, I, I'm with you. Like, it's it's always possible that Montour, if he continues, like, I, I'm not sure if he's still being enjoyed at five on five. Like, if he's not, if the coach sees reason to take him off the top power play, especially if the power play keeps struggling, like, that would be the easiest route to go, right? Okay, let's take off the second defenseman, throw a forward on, and that's why Montour is a little vulnerable there. Mm-hmm. And Florida doesn't have like a shortage of good forwards, right? That they could put like who? Like, let me even see. Like they're playing right now and they're losing. They're not against... as they're, they're not as deep. Like that is something we could have easily said in recent years, but they're not as deep. Like if you're calling up a forward from the second unit, you're yeah, looking Sam at Sam Bennett, Carter Verhage. Yeah. Don't forget Duclair is going to be coming back maybe in January, which is coming up, right? So I think that his time may be limited. I think Brian, you bring up a good point. Yeah, they're not like as deep. Like they don't have Huberdo anymore. But, you know, I, I'd be worried. I don't know if he's going to be on the top power play all season. So we'll see. Me neither. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a good time if no one's paying attention to uh, see if you can sell high on him. I wouldn't buy low. I'm not writing him off for the full season again. Like Montour has looked good and his, his shots have been higher than ever, except even those are petering out lately as well. So there's just some reasons to think that this guy's Get coming out. down to earth. Get him out. Get him off your team. Okay, for for a good return, I mean. Okay, uh, Detroit is next. Eric Carlson has 26 points in 27 games versus the Red Wings. What a stud, okay? Uh, and who's hot on Detroit right now? David Perron and Andrew Kopp. So Perron is someone who... I don't even know at this point, Brian. He's like hot. He's cold. The fact that he's hot now almost makes me think he's about to cool off. But like you look at his game log overall, he's had a pretty consistent season, right? He's up to now 21 points in 27 games after getting four in his last four. And keep in mind. Okay. I will. Sorry. I just wanted to add like Perron is a, is a beneficiary of Bertuzzi's injury. Right. Like he's been playing up on the top line uh, with Larkin and well, I guess Lucas Raymond is also like it's hard to say which which guy wouldn't be there otherwise if Bertuzzi was healthy. Um, But it's great for Perron to be playing up there. Also, he's been a fixture on the top power play when we weren't sure if he was going to be this year. That was a big question, although our answer was, why else would Detroit acquire him other than to Mm -hmm. put him... Like, he is a power play weapon, and that's what he's good at. Um, So it's great to see that there really doesn't seem to anywhere for him to go outside top line, top power play. And I see what he's doing right now, which is basically a 65-point pace, being uh, fairly sustainable. Like, he's doing it the way he usually does. Big power play production and okay five-on-five production. Combine those, you've got a good season from him. Yeah, and he'll probably do a little better on five on five for however long that he stays on this top line with Larkin. So yeah, you're hoping if you have Perron that just Bertuzzi takes his time in his recovery. Then Andrew Kopp was someone who we called a snoozer at some point. Brian, you were even like, I don't even get why anyone drafted him in the first place. And I remember we had that whole conversation about him. And obviously now he's kind of hot. He's got four points in the last four games. 
it's not someone I'm like rushing. Like I'm not tripping over myself to get Andrew Cop. Like while uh, yeah. Perron is getting Larkin and Raymond, Cop's been playing with Adam Ernie and Oscar Sunkvist, and he's only on the second power play. So I think he's like a decent enough stream when you have space and Detroit has a good schedule. But I'm not like uh, I'm not expecting Andrew Cop to be someone who's going to point very often. I guess me too. I'm not rushing to make room for Cop on my roster. Roster the his pattern of scoring lately while he's been hot like it has been kind of random like i i can't totally see like shot like shooting patterns are scatter shot uh, his points participation seems to be up above 80 percent, which is like that's high i expect that to go down and like you said only second power play deployment so i i wouldn't expect cop to keep up this run this does put him overall like with all this recent production at about a 52 point pace maybe that is close to where he sits full season um but yeah, like that's that's the big picture, Andrew Cop, not just the the last six or seven games of scoring. Okay, and then on the cold streak side, uh, Alex Adelkovich tops the list here. He's been so terrible. He has played nine games. He has two wins. He's an eight eighty save percentage in his last four games. He's been like really bad, like five goals against, four goals against, four goals against, like just not a goalie that you can rely on. He's barely playing. My only question here, Brian, is when are they just going to send Nadelkovich down and bring up Magnus Helberg to be the the rightful backup? Like it's, it's time for someone else to get waived and it's time for Helberg to get a chance. That's all I'm saying. Like Huso's been good. Like I'm not saying anything bad about Huso, but Nadelkovich stinks. Get him out of there. I wonder if Nadelkovich was waived, if anybody would bite. He's got, uh, this is the last year of his contract. It's a $3 million cap hit. Uh, he's getting paid a little bit more than that. Um, you know, last year it was the lower end. This year it's the higher end. So I'm, I'd, I'd be curious. But yeah, Elon, I know how much you want to see Halberg. And at this point, it is worth a shot. Like Nadelkovich has really fallen as somebody who we thought we could expect to do oh. Like and I'm seeing well. in the chat here, Ashley is saying that he was called up today, Helberg. Oh, so maybe, why? Do we know? Probably because Nijelkovic stinks. It's just like, uh, we oh, yeah. Up to date uh, well, I mean, that is a nice assumption to make, but also sometimes there's an injury that leads right. to these call-ups. But so far, um, yeah, I mean, Nijelkovic last year wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. This year, he has been terrible, which is bad news for Detroit, bad news for Nadalkovich. I wonder if, uh, like, it seems everyone thought there was a really clever bet, a cheap bet by Detroit when they signed him. Clearly, it hasn't really turned out the way that they'd hoped. And I'm curious to see what happens to him after this season in free agency if he gets another kick at the can. He is still young enough, right? He's, he's going to be 27 when this mm-hmm. contract expires. So there's still a chance for Nadalkovich to, to re- redeem himself and be someone else's reclamation project. But yeah, I would be, uh, if I'm Detroit and I'm looking to give my backup one out of every three games, I might be looking to another backup. Yeah, well, they have someone in the system who just got called up. Uh, Brian, so let's say you were to rank three disappointing youngish goalies. How would you rank uh, Nijelkovic, Kapokakinen, Cal Peterson? Well, I think I would just I would sort them by the most disappointing is the one with the highest pedigree, and that's Cal Peterson, who also I think had the clearest path to being a number one over the last couple of years, but just couldn't do it. And hopefully, he's doing the work on his game that he needs. It's interesting, though, maybe a little telling that thirty-one other NHL teams are like, nope, not going to trade nothing for this guy, even with his contract, which isn't like hamstringing. And maybe some teams just don't have the space. That's no, terrible. It Five million a year for a guy who yeah. couldn't stop the puck? Come on. Yeah. No, it is. It's a big risk to take, and maybe he'll prove everyone wrong. But he's been the most disappointing, um, followed by Nadalkovich. Who was the third one you said? Kakanen. 
Cockney. You're like, yeah, well, you're co- thinking like, I oh, Cockney's not disappointing because I already knew yeah. he was bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Shams is, by the way, reminding us that Helberg was on a conditioning stint. And that's why. So he had to be called up. Oh, right. Like, he was loaned. I see. Okay. By the way, Florida, we were talking about them. They're having a bad game against Seattle. It's five to one now. I was, uh, what do I know? I don't know anything about goalies, Brian. It's so impossible. Like, I was ranting a little bit in the Discord today, but how did they give Martin Jones the start? When, like, Grubauer has just had a couple of games. Jones has been terrible. Let Grubauer get on a roll here. Like, Seattle's in a playoff spot right now. Why would they be giving away these games? And now, look, Martin Jones is having this great game against the Panthers. So he's going to get the win. So good for them. Okay. Uh, next up here, where, where are we? Uh, LA. Oh, good. I wanted to talk about LA. We've already talked I mentioned Cal Peterson a million times. I want to talk about Phoenix Copley because he's had two or three good games now. Quick laid an egg again today. I guess the game is still going. The third is almost over. It's five, five Villardi still no points by the way, for anyone keeping track at home. Um, but anyway, at this point, their only goalie that's giving LA consistent good starts. And obviously it's super small sample size is Phoenix Copley. So I don't know. If your league is super deep, he's someone I would take a look at. Yeah. After. Like, LA's I, good. Like, if they get good goaltending, they're pretty good. Yeah. I would say if you missed out on Charlie Lindgren in Washington, who's been doing really well, right? We mentioned him on the show. He had an opportunity. He's really been running with it so far. If you missed out on him and you're looking for a similar opportunity available this week, I think Phoenix Copley could be the guy. Uh, I Like, I don't know. We have some, uh, we actually have some really dedicated Kings fans in our patron community who are great at, like, showing us every time they're at a game and then like giving us scouting reports on players that we ask for. And Copley, of course, just hasn't had much of a chance to ever show what he's got, even though he's drafted with some pedigree, but like he's 30 now, right? Like, like Phoenix Copley is on the other side of his career from when we were first talking about him with still basically no NHL action to his name. But quick is a low bar to clear. And if he's done well so far, like you said, Elon, if LA can get goaltending. They have a chance to be an actual good team this year. And I don't see why not find out what they've got in Phoenix Copley while they don't have any other goalie to do their job for them. Yeah. And then back to Frozen Tools here. LA's got Kopitar and Fiala on hot streaks. That's great. Top line. Kaliev, by the way, is the third on the top line. He's I'm going to be holding him, Brian. I think I'm going to drop my other two King streamers and Ayafalo and Velarde, of course. But uh, Kaliev is interesting because he's playing with these two amazing guys. He's also been really good on the power play this year. So uh, I don't know if there's much to say about Kopitar and Fiala. Like it's it's amazing that Kopitar's you know back up to almost a point per game now after getting nine points in his last seven. I wouldn't be surprised if he inches back up there. He's now four points behind, twenty seven points in thirty one games, and maybe he'll get an overtime goal before we're done talking today. And then Fiala. I mean, so far the Kings can't be complaining with this uh, contract. They signed him obviously to a long term seven, almost eight million uh, per year contract. He's over a point per game so far. They sent him down to the third line he produced. Now they brought him up to the top line he's producing. So Fiala. I, I don't think I, I, everyone's happy and they're, they're, I'm sure everyone in LA is very excited that they're going to have this guy for the long term stretch yeah it's been a good uh, good time for LA you know when we we when we last talked about Kopitar he was cold and I was shrugging my shoulder saying you know I don't know if we can expect you know the usual 70 75 point pace from him maybe we're downgrading to 65 points this year and of course Kopitar has surged back to prove me personally wrong and then you have uh, Fiala who is still doing well he's still not shooting as much as we want like this isn't to say like we're not everybody who drafted Fiala is just basically breathing like this huge sigh of relief right because this was shaping up to be a really disappointing season for him and it still kind of is in terms of shot generation I'd like to see that higher at the same time his shooting percentage is still low like there is still room for Fiala to regress uh and 
put up even better numbers than he has so far. Just nine goals through 31 games, despite taking 80 shots. Uh, I feel like there is a chance for Fiala to be able to do a little more scoring at five on five than he's done so far. And uh, I mean, what more is there to say, right? These are two guys who are now doing about what we would have expected coming into the year. You know who still isn't? Kempe. Yeah. Shams wanted us to talk about Kempe. I was about to bring him up. So uh, in this game today, he's got a goal. So that's nice. He also scored a goal versus Montreal yesterday. So who knows? Maybe this is the start of something. But overall the season, yeah, definitely a big disappointment. And now he's been on the third line. It's Kaliev on the top line, meaning it's been Kempe playing with, you know, nothing Velarde and I follow. So uh, not great deployment. Uh, He's still on the top power play for what it's worth. But yeah, he's been uh, a bit of a disappointment and it's hard to know what he's going to be able to do from just the third line. Though, of course, things could easily change again. Maybe now's a good buy low time, if anything. Right. But it could be. But just remember, you're buying a 55 point player with with not a lot of, of fat to trim. Right. That's what we said the last time we talked about Kempe, which is that he's been really disappointing and disappointing. Uh, there's not a lot of room for Kempe to disappoint us. He's also shooting a lot less. And one of the theories we had was he was deferring more often. Uh, Now he's not on the top line, so he shouldn't have to defer anymore. But coming into tonight's game against Columbus, Kempe had just one single shot in each of his last two games against Montreal and Toronto. So I'd love to see him shoot more. Ideally, he'd score more too. But Kempe is a bit of a bit of a risky, a risky play if you want to try and did you suggest buying low on him? Uh, I guess I did, but at the same time, like yeah. if I had him, I'd want to probably just get rid of him. If I had so. Kempe, I'd be looking like it, like even more so than Rust, Elon. I would try and find a Kempe believer to sell uh, if they are believing in the two goals he scored on his last four shots. Cool. All right, so Brian, we've gone through 10 teams. It's been an hour. So I think it's a good time to take a break and then we'll go double speed for the rest of the teams in part two of this episode. Also, I'm going to be a little distracted. I'm just going to let people know here. Currently, Mike Cupful matchup against Laurie. Two, I'm winning 256 to 255. I'm winning by one point. There's like a game left and it, there's Boston versus Vegas. I've got Logan Thompson and he's got Linus Allmark. It might come down to just who wins this game. Oh my God, Brian. But we're still going to be back with, uh, you know, this analysis of these uh, remaining 22 teams that Eric Carlson has not been as successful against as the ones we've talked about so far. So it's going to be a really fun next hour. So definitely go and download part two. It should already be waiting for you. If you don't know where to get it, that means you didn't subscribe to our podcast correctly. So please go do that. That actually helps us out a lot. Sometimes people ask, like, how can we help the podcast? Like, go actually subscribe and make your podcast player like auto download. That's how we get credit from our bosses over in Blue Wire. So yeah, you know, Spotify, wherever, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your your podcast subscribe to keeping carlson and we'll be back at you with part two just a moment well whenever you decide to listen to it but brian and i will be recording it in just a moment bye